News, talk, and sports. WQKR Portland, 1270 AM and 101.7 FM. And now... Afternoon, Sumner County. Uh, you are listening to the Loyal Opposition. I am your host, Len Asante, here on WQKR. Uh, what is the Loyal Opposition? The Loyal Opposition is a show based on the American ideal that nations like ours benefit when government reflects a diversity of voices and makes space for dissent. That's why we're here to air the voice of dissent to the supermajority's policies and ideas. Today on the show, we're going to talk with our guest, Deborah Maggart, and we'll also uh, go through some news points and see what's going on in the world of Portland, Tennessee. Starting off, it is now exactly 5.03 p.m., 61 degrees in Portland. It will be down to a low of 51 tonight with deeply cloudy skies and more rain forecast. Um, driving in here, the clouds looked pretty low, so... Hope you guys get inside and stay warm and stay dry. Now, on my drive up here tonight, uh, this evening, I was looking through some, uh, thinking about some ideas about future shows uh, and about uh, different things that we can do on the show. And I remember, and I reminded myself that last week we uh, talked a little bit about what would be the best charity for the show, the loyal opposition viewers and show to contribute to in this holiday season. Uh, and we got some results in, and it seems like the Gallatin Shalom Zone is the charity of choice for the viewers of the show, for the listeners of the show. So uh, the loyal opposition will be making a donation to the Gallatin Shalom Zone in the name of our show and our listeners. So I want to thank everyone who uh, spent the time to put in a response. Uh, those of you who, uh, whose selection was not picked, well, hey, we've gonna, we're going to have other opportunities to give back to our community in the months and years ahead. So I'm sure we're going to get to you. Okay. All right, on with the news. Not a whole lot going on this week. The, uh, the elections are, all, are finally over. How about that? How about that, guest, Deborah Maggard? We're finally done with elections for a little while. Huh? Finally. Isn't that something? <laughs> it took a while. It took a while. It did take a while, but we got through it uh, with the uh, with the election in Georgia last night, finishing up the 
finishing up the good stuff. Okay. All right, so we've got, we've talked about uh, supermajorities before on this show, but that's not what we have in Washington. What we have in Washington is basically divided government. Uh, and divided government is basically when well, nothing much gets done because no one can agree on anything. But the stock market generally likes divided government because divided government usually means not a whole lot of money can be spent by the government, not a whole lot of debt can be incurred. Uh, and so that's usually uh, signifies stability for business purposes. So we might be seeing a slight rebound in the stock market coming up, or we might not be. Do not ever take stock advice from me, everybody. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but yeah, we have divided government in Washington, where power is split amongst the three branches of government, Democrats holding the presidency and the Senate, Republicans holding uh, the House of Representatives and the Supreme Court with a conservative bent. Here in Tennessee, we do have the super, we have the super majority in the state legislature, uh, and in Sumner County, I guess we've got our own kind of special kind of supermajority we'll be talking more about uh, as we go through the show. Anyway, what's going on today? Uh, today is on uh, 81 years ago, today, big day. Everyone, everyone remember what happened? December 7th, 1941, of course. Pearl Harbor. Okay, Pearl Harbor Day, yes, the day that brought the United States into World War II. Uh, never forget, folks, never forget. Uh, that's one of, one of my big four. I call the big four the big four attacks on America over the years. The Pearl Harbor attack, uh, the attacks on 9-11, uh, the burning of Washington by the British during the War of 1812, which was in August of 1814, and then, of course, the January 6th attack last year, um, when, which, by the way, is my birthday, so now my birthday is forever, uh, associated, oh, no. associated with uh, violent insurrection at the Capitol in, in the United States. So thanks for that out there, everyone who might be listening, who have participated in that. Really appreciate that. On a lighter note, today, believe it or not, the 30th anniversary of the first text message. The first really? text message. Wow. Yes. Any idea, anyone want to take a guess as to how many text messages were sent in the United States last year? Ballpark. Eight billion? Okay. Eight hundred billion. Eight hundred. Well, two point one trillion. Two point one trillion um, in two thousand and twenty-one. Wow. The record, by the way, is two point four billion, which was in twenty eleven. Uh, so, texting is a technology that's been around now for thirty years, uh, and obviously is still going strong. And as as many of us probably know from this just past political season, that um, political campaigns definitely use text messaging as one of their strategies to reach out to voters. Uh, I woke up one morning with a half a dozen <laughs> texts. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> we need to get one of those cough drops. <laughs> with a half a dozen text messages from um, the Warnock campaign and the Democrats in Washington. Okay, so... Uh, <clears throat> other news, excuse me while I take a drink of water. <clears throat> excuse me, folks, that cold I had just coming on last week, well, it's just leaving this week, so <clears throat> I think by next week I should be back to sounding normal. <clears throat> Speaking of being back, Hillsdale College is back. Five counties charter school applications. None of them in Sumner County, though, but 
Five other counties have recently seen charter school applications uh, come in from charters affiliated with the Hillsdale College in Michigan, uh, none in Sumner County so far. Next up, we've seen some buyer's remorse from Republicans in Tennessee lately. First, Senator Richard Briggs told ProPublica that he barely read Tennessee's abortion trigger law since he thought it would never go into effect, assuming that Roe v. Wade would never be overturned. And lo and behold, Roe v. Wade was overturned. Um, so, uh, in another example, uh, Senator Paige Wally and Janice Bowling expressed regret about a bill they passed last year to hold third graders back a year if they didn't meet standardized test benchmarks. And in this coming, upcoming session, Senator Jack Johnson is sponsoring a bill that will close public records in certain death investigations, uh, in those investigations where the police determine that the death is not due to a crime. Okay, what do all these things have in common? Well, my point here is that we see a lot of knee-jerk knee legislation from the supermajority in recent years, and I guess that's, that's totally understandable, uh, because when one, when one party has complete and total control, it's very easy to move legislation through the legislative process. Uh, it, can go, it can come quick. Uh, but with time, sometimes uh, those very same legislators or legislators generations down the line uh, come back to regret some of those bills, some to regret that the bills were not vetted better or more closely written. Uh, again, just like the show always says, democracy thrives when all voices help make the law, and the time required to vet and discuss legislation is important, and that time needs to be provided. Scary words like critical race theory and transgendered kids get on the legislature's radar, usually from outside sources, and the lurch to legislate takes over. But my request for the new year is a legislature and a Congress and government at all levels and all parties maybe a little less knee-jerking and a little bit more careful reflection before, before, spend, before passing laws, before spending taxpayers' money. I don't necessarily think this is a liberal or a conservative issue. Uh, I think this is a common sense and good governance issue. Uh, and that's really what I want to talk about today and most days on my show is, is good governance. Uh, one of the roles of government is to provide infrastructure for uh, the state. I think most people would agree that infrastructure is a role of government. Uh, Governor Lee today rolled out plans to address highway construction in Tennessee. As I'm sure everyone knows, lots of traffic, a lot of people moving into town. The Nashville region is growing very quickly. Uh, we're pushing 2 million people in the metropolitan area now. In fact, we might have hit 2 million people already in the metropolitan area. When I moved here, Nashville was, the Nash Davidson County had 300 and something thousand people in it. And the metro area was maybe twice that. And now we're at, at, at 2 million. Uh, so we are growing quickly, and of course that creates issues like traffic congestion. Uh, the governor rolled out a multi-point plan today to address that issue. Uh, Senator Frank Nicely uh, from Strawberry Plains, which I honestly do not know where Strawberry Plains well, is. Well, I've actually been there. Have you been to I Strawberry Plains? I have been Plains? there. I've actually been to Senator where, Nicely's home. Where is, is that east, is, middle, west? It is past Knoxville. It's past Knoxville. in Jefferson County, the county past Knoxville going east. Okay. Um, well, Senator Nicely today equated toll rolls with fascism, so he's probably going to be a no vote on that. He's a no. <laughs> um, but I do think that uh, uh, I, I do think that Frank 
that Senator Nicely is always good for a gaffe or two. The Republican Joe Biden, if you will. <laughs> well, now, wait a second. Let me defend my friend Frank. Go ahead. A lot of times, if you've listened to what he's saying and you stick around there long enough, most of the time he ends up being right. And so he's going to be, he'll be right about these toll rolls. You know, we've tried to have them in the past. Yes, I remember. In fact, in fact we tried to build a bridge over the river yes, right in did. Hendersonville, and right in your district. That's right. Mm-hmm. And uh, former Congressman, then State Senator Diane Black, and I, when I was State Representative, we carried a bill mm-hmm. to do that. And the people in Old Hickory didn't like it. Didn't like it. And, and it fought us tooth and nail, and it didn't happen. The people of Hendersonville and Sumner County wanted it, but the folks over in Old Hickory opposed it, so we didn't get to do it. Yes, there's a lot. When it comes to mass transit issues, and of course, you know, um, many listeners know I grew up in the Northeast, which is a much more densely populated part of the country, uh, and there is, uh, you know, this issue is obviously constantly on the radar of governors in, in states from, you know, Delaware to New Jersey to Pennsylvania to New York to Massachusetts and, and everywhere in between. Increasing population creates a demand for increasing infrastructure, um, and you know, and I commend the governor for thinking about this, uh, and I commend Senator Nicely for making sure we don't go overboard on the fascism. <laughs> uh, but one thing I noticed that was not in there uh, in the bill was any kind of uh, attempt to address mass transit. I think once you reach a certain population density, uh, mass mm-hmm. transit becomes a viable and economical alternative. Um, uh, so. As we consider our future in Tennessee, and we're going to continue to grow, Nashville is going to continue to draw people to Middle Tennessee. Uh, I, I think we'll hit three million before I die. Um, and as a result, these things are just going to get worse, and the solutions that we've used in the past may not be the solutions that work in the future. Uh, and whatever we do is going to cost money because people are going to ask, what is it that we can do to fix this problem without raising taxes? Uh, and that's pretty hard. That's pretty hard. Uh, you know, um, people in the South look at the northeastern states and look at the high taxes in those states and say, thank God I live in Tennessee where our taxes are so much lower. Um, but you don't have to f- – uh, the entire state, Tennessee state budget um, – barely funds the transportation budget for the tri-state area in New York City, uh, New York, New Jersey, and uh, Connecticut. So uh, that kind of stuff costs money. So whether it's toll roads, whether it's additional highways, whether it's commuter rail, uh, rapid bus, other forms of mass transit, growth brings expenses. Growth brings expenses. And, And how we handle that growth uh, becomes basically the answer to the question, how much money do we have to spend? Because uh, if, we, if, we if we grow efficiently and effectively, it may not cost as much as it, than if we decided to uh, grow inefficiently and become Atlanta part two with urban and suburban sprawl. So pretty, pretty important times coming up here for Middle Tennessee, and I, I hope our legislators <laughs> and our government leaders uh, take the time to consider all the options and, and realize that Uh, As we grow, uh, maybe we can't do things exactly as we have been doing them in the past. Because what works for 300,000 people might not work for 2 million people. All right, um, that's enough for me. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll have our guest, Deborah Macker. You're listening to WQKR, The Loyal Opposition. 
CEMC's prepaid billing program gives members the freedom to make payments when it suits their schedules. Instead of paying large lump sums on a fixed due date, prepaid members have the freedom to make payments in increments that fit in their budget. With only a minimal deposit and no late fees, prepaid can provide the peace of mind of knowing that you're in control of your electric account. Make payments over the phone, online, at any CEMC business office or outdoor payment kiosk. Visit CEMC.org for more information. The Sumner County Anti-Drug Coalition, an organization dedicated to ending drug abuse, is now the Sumner Prevention Coalition. But their goal is the same, helping Sumner County residents with drug abuse problems turn their lives around and get on the road to recovery. Their mission is to unite people with vision, commitment, and resources to provide solutions to eliminate substance abuse and make a difference for youth, families, and individuals in Sumner County. The coalition and its staff of experienced professionals in the field envision a healthy, safe, and thriving community free from substance abuse of all kinds, tobacco use, prescription drug abuse, and underage drinking. Find out how the Sumner Prevention Coalition can help you, and you can help the coalition. Visit them online at SumnerCoalition.org. That's SumnerCoalition.org. Now's the time to get a great deal on proven Kubota farming equipment. Tractors that are adaptable, versatile, and rated number one in durability and owner experience. Hay tools that are backed by a two-year warranty. And durable sidekick utility vehicles and SSV skid steers. Right now, bring home select Kubota equipment for zero down, 0% APR for up to 48 months. Now through September 30th. Visit KubotaUSA.com for full details. Whether you're on your way to work in the morning and looking to grab a quick breakfast, on lunch break and wanting something good and hot and quick, or just hungry and not sure what you want, the one place you can always find what will work for you is AM Express at the intersection of highways 31 and 52, just off exit 117 of I-65 in Portland. They're open 24 hours a day, offer both takeout and Grubhub delivery service, and have the biggest selection of fast food of anyone in the area. Fast food or home-cooked meals, meat in two sides, just six forty-nine. Delicious Godfather's pizza, three for thirteen ninety-nine. Fried chicken, chicken strips, livers and gizzards, hot barbecued and crispy wings, fish, potato wedges, onion rings, the biggest and best selection anywhere. And Quiznos subs, always hot and ready to go, plus everything else you want to need from a truly convenient convenience store. AM Express at the intersection of highways 52 and 31, just off exit 117 of I-65 in Portland. Get what you want when you want it. Pick it up or have it delivered by Grubhub. AM Express, 615-325-1159. Hey, welcome back, Sumner County. Uh, you are listening to the Loyal Opposition here on WQKR, Portland's radio station. Uh, and I'm your host, Len Asante. With us today is uh, Deborah Maggart. And people have accused me on this show before of, you know, just having a show where I could talk to my friends. <laughs> and and I, I've got to say that, you know, some of the people that have been on the show have been my friends, yes. Uh, and Deborah and I have known each other for... A long time. Well, I can't even. I was thinking before that, I got elected. Before you got elected in two thousand four. 
and I can't. Re- Do you remember how? Because I cannot remember it, how we first well, met. I was. I would assume it was not at a political event. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was Fall State. Fall State. I don't know. <clears throat> you taught campaign school. I don't know. Or you no, talk communications I, and you talk uh, about Yeah, campaigns. we did political comm. Right. I, had, uh, I had Diane on one year. And but that wasn't it. That's not how I met you. No? Okay. I don't know. I don't remember. I'm sorry to say. Okay. Yeah, me too. So anyway, um, I have uh, known Deborah Maggart uh, a long time, but I do think she has a lot of uh, common sense to bring to the conversation that we've been having on this show. Um, so welcome to the show, Deborah. I appreciate you. you being here. Why don't you start off by telling us a little <clears throat> bit about about yourself, who you are, where you're from, what you do, where you've been, what, what, sort of, what sort of weird journey led you to this chair in front of me today on this show? Well, let's see. <laughs> well, I live in Hendersonville. I, I was born in Nashville, and my parents are from Gullitsville. I went to Good Pasture Christian School, and I graduated from Western Kentucky University, and then I got my master's degree in conflict management from Lipscomb University. Um, I, uh, like I said, I moved to Hendersonville, I think in 1984, lived there a long time. I have a daughter, uh, Brittany. I have two grandchildren, London and Ryman. And I know. You're a grandma? Yes, I am. I have a 13-year-old granddaughter. No way. Yes, and a 10-year-old grandson. I sure do. I know. So how did I get in politics, maybe, is what you'd like to know? Well. Randy Stamps and I, former state representative Randy, Randy Stamps, Stamps, we went to Good Pasture together. And when we were in the fourth grade, he literally told me he wanted to be state representative when he grew up. Now, when I was in the fourth grade, I didn't know what that was. Mm. But he was in the fifth grade, and he did know what it was. And so when we were in junior high school, back then they called it junior high instead of middle school, right. he gave me a uh, Bill Brock for Senate uh, button, which oh, I still yeah, have. Sure. Yeah, I still have it. So he was involved in working on Republican campaigns out here in Sumner County. And then when we graduate from high school, we go off to college, and then he goes to law school. And when he got out of law school, he wanted to run for state rep. So he asked me to be his uh, PR manager. So I was. Because you made Because I majored in advertising. In That's yeah. right. <laughs> and so I was his, uh, did his TV commercials and all that kind of stuff. And then he lost. We were in a Republican. He was in a Republican primary. He lost. And that same summer, I always think how crazy we were because we were so young. He got married. I got married. And this is all in, in, at the same time when he's in a primary. I mean, I'm thinking, how did we, you would never do that now, right, knowing what we know. So he lost, and then he came back four years later. And then by then, I think I was his campaign manager by then. And, and then he won. And then he served in the General Assembly for 10 years, and I helped him with his campaigns and all, whatever mm-hmm. he needed. Mm-hmm. And then he decided not to run again because he was having twins. So he went, he and I went, talked to Diane Black, asked her to run. She did. She won. Then she was the state representative, and then I did all her stuff. I did her TV ads and her campaign materials. And then she decided in 2004 to run for the state senate. So I thought, well, heck, I've been getting everybody elected out here. Why don't I run too? So I was in a sep- that, and I know I, you and I talked back then. I know I knew you back then because I think you might have been chairman of the party. I don't know. Well, that was probably uh, you, you were involved, in, or you were a committee man, or sure. something. Yeah. yeah. So Diane's running for the state senate. I ran for state representative, and I was in a seven-way primary, and I won. And then seven-way primary, seven-way Republican primary. Yep. Who knows what can happen in this? That's seven-way right. Primary. I know it's crazy. Mm-hmm. So I won, and then I was elected in the general. 
And then I served in the General Assembly uh, for eight years, and then uh, I left there, and I became a lobbyist. I work for a law firm, and I'm what they call a contract lobbyist, which means I have all kinds of different clients, and they uh, I work for them under contract. So I have a real variety of, conf- of uh, co- uh, contracts, different kinds of uh, clients. So um, I go to all the just about all of the uh, committee hearings in the General Assembly. So you're so, uh, it's basically mm-hmm. like your old job, except you don't have an office in the building anymore. Correct. <laughs> That's right. And I make a whole lot more money as a lobbyist. And I tell people I have the best job in the world. I get ta- I get paid to talk to my friends. So I enjoy it very much. It's a lot of fun. It's not work at all. All right. So that's how I, that's how that happened. You know, and, and Randy, he went on to become the executive director of Tennessee State Employees Association. He did. That's right. And he became a lobbyist also. And, and then I think he's now stepped down from that. Yeah, he just retired. He just retired this past session. Yeah, so I can't, uh, I can't imagine what TSEA is going to be like without him. Without I was a TSEA him. member for a bunch of years. Um, yeah, so... All right. Um, all right. Well, let's get started. Well, let me read you. A na- I'm going to read you a list of names. Okay. And it's going to be your job to guess what these people have in common. Okay. Now, because, folks, we've cheated because I already showed her the list before the break. Okay. So, uh, but um, here they are. Uh, Anthony, and this is the list that they, this is the order that they appear in on, on the website. So this is, don't make, don't get any, the, li- the order doesn't mean anything, at least as far as I know. Uh, Anthony Holt, Paul Good. Uh, Scott Langford, Luke Tinsley, Caroline Kruger, Gene Rhodes, Deanne DeWitt, Leslie Shell, Chris Taylor, Baker Ring, Scott Sprouse, Peg Petrelli, Jonathan Hayes, Rachel Collins, Del <laughs> Phillips, and a couple I can't read because my handwriting's really bad. <laughs> but from that list, what do you think they all have in common? Well, I believe they are... So beloved by the local constitutional Republicans. Ding, ding, ding. Yes, yeah. if, if we the, had a bell, yep, I'd ring the, it because you're right. Yep, they are the hall of tyrants. <laughs> right. It's, yes, it's the wall, a wall. of, the wall Sorry, of tyrants wall. <laughs> on the Sumner County Constitutional Republicans webpage. And you can go there and check it out yourself, scrtn.org. And if you scroll down enough, you will get to the Wall of Tyrants, uh, and and all those folks' names and their pictures are on there, uh, and you know, and and I see uh, I see on this list I see Democrats on this list, I see people who I would consider fairly independent on this list, I see people who are Repub- Republicans on this <laughs> list, I see people who are some serious ass Republicans on this list. Um, so why do you think they're all there? I know you're not a member of this group, no, no. Um, so I'm just you know, asking for your opinion. Well, to be clear, that is not the Sumner County Republican Party. That is a, yes, correct. That is, uh, they are not the official uh, part of the Republican Party. They are a group that started about four years ago. Originally, they were part of the Tennessee Republican Assembly, which is also not part of the official, official Republican Party. Party. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, they like for people to believe that they're the Republican Party. <laughs> yeah, we've had that uh, trouble in Memphis with the Democratic Party, too. Yeah, they, they work hard for people to, to think that they are the Republican Party, but they're not. Um, well, they, they don't like people. Um, uh, they don't like that particular group of people because even though most of the people you read off are Republicans, uh, they're not, uh, uh, in their view, 
conservative enough. I don't know how you get to be right conservative enough. That mm-hmm. that seems to be right. the key. Like right now, they're calling me a rhino. I'm a rhino, right. which You're is a, rhino. a Republican. In fact, one of them name called only. you a liberal Democrat. Yes, and, they sure did um, to my face about th- about a month ago. <clears throat> Not true. I don't know. I, I think I can safely say, for I can speak for all the liberal Democrats of the world, and I can safely say that you're not one of them, Deborah. No, I'm not. <laughs> My dad would say that I have forgotten more about the Republican Party than the constitutional Republicans will ever know. So uh, they, they're really into name-calling. Um, they don't debate, you know, ideas. You know, they, they don't get their way, or they... You're not conservative enough. Um, They're very far. They're very angry. They um, stay hung up in the past Mm. about things that they perceive as a slight Uh, or wrong. From many years ago, shall be righted before mm -hmm. I die. And you know, I'm going to say I don't think they're very truthful. Uh, They, you know, try to convince people, uh, you know, that the world is ending. They're the only people that can save us. Um, but what, what I find disappointing about them the most is that they are not honest. They are not truthful. And, you know, people should do their research. They should go and they should look at how these things are. They can go and watch, you know, videos and uh, streaming videos, whatever, of previous meetings, of whether it's the legislature or the county commission, whatever. So they are not interested in uh, figuring out how to make things work. Um, they pick out things that they think are dirty words. You know, they, you know, they they've stayed hung up on the property tax. You know, the the right. former county commission they did raise the property tax. Well, ask yourself why did they have to do that? There's a lot of reasons, as you recall, why that had to be done. And yeah. you know, yeah. I always tell people yeah. if you're a Republican, never say you will not raise taxes. You have to say I will work to keep taxes low. Because you you know back yourself in a in a corner if you say I won't raise taxes, but and then, you know yeah. And as we said before the break, you know with growth sometimes yeah, comes, comes expense, expense, inf- infrastructure so, expenses. and, and sure. that's what happened out here. Our county was a uh, was growing very fast, and our so school that's what system, you mean by kind of stuck in the past. Yeah, they want yeah, something so kind they, of to be like it was in nineteen fifty. Yes, or yeah, and we're right? going through a, an argument with them. Some of them right now about about that. But um, what what is unfortunate though is that. They have a lot of group think. One person will say something about, like, maybe someone on this wall of tyrants or whatever, and they just repeat it and believe it and repeat it. And what is really disingenuous is that they'll all tell you what big Christians they are. They're the biggest Christian you ever met. They're constantly quoting scripture, but they are mean as mean, mean, mean. They're just, some of them are very mean. So it's disappointing. The neighbor part of Christianity seems to escape them. Yes. They don't like it. Yeah, we, and actually, that's an issue that we've talked about on this show with other other guests before. Is you know, uh, people calling themselves Christian, doing what seemingly are non-Christian things, or right. at least behaving in non-Christian ways, um, and that's uh, I mean, well, that's bad for a whole bunch of reasons for a whole bunch of groups of people, right? Including people who really are good Christians. Have their well, like they they hurt the the cause of Christianity. They exactly. hurt exactly. the cause of Jesus when yeah. they they put out one. They try to put out one, you know, position that you know. I swear they stand up and you know they want to tell you what a big Christian they are. They or like I said, they you know 
I would assume a lot of them. And then they turn right around and they are similar churches or. You know, well, I think some of them don't even go to church. Yeah, I'd like to. Some of them, I'd like to ask, do you even go? But some of them don't have particularly long voting records. No, they don't. (laughs) If you want to look it up, yes, and and you know that was a that's been a big thing this this year that we've been in. Um, Some of the new county commissioners uh, were challenged. Uh, Some of the people who didn't make it on the ballot were challenged because they didn't have the uh, voting uh, number of voting times in a Republican primary that is required by our state party bylaws. And so uh, some people tried to run for office and they were not allowed to be on the ballot. So Just because they hadn't voted. They hadn't election. voted. Yeah, they, they had to vote out of three out of four Republican primaries. And they had to be um, a state primary or presidential. Ah, I see. So see, that, that kind of... Limited. Yeah, the and folks, both both <clears throat> parties in their bylaws have basically rules for this. Sure, and they vary from party to party. Um, but that's. Uh, but yeah, if you want to run as a Republican, uh, you know there are rules that the Republican Party gets to say whether you exactly. can do that or not. Well, and that's because they have the force of law. The General Assembly gives both parties the ability to decide who is on the ballot and what to do if there's a tie or a contest. Right. So that's why we, we act on behalf of the General Assembly in that way. And during my years on the uh, State Party Executive Committee, uh, we had several of these sorts of issues come up, uh, whether someone was a bona fide Democrat or not. Um, and it is basically the, the legislature gives the authority to the party executive committees to make those determinations. Mm-hmm. And a lot, for a lot of people, that is news to them. Right. <laughs> well, and one of the things that I find disappointing about what's happening out here in our county, um, some of those folks in that other group, they hate the Republican Party or they don't like things about the Republican Party, but yet they want to use our name. And Really, if they didn't use our name, they couldn't get elected. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, they want to use your name because putting mm-hmm. an R after your name guarantees practically election in Sumner County, right? Right. Uh, and that's, uh, uh, so those are, the, you know, those are the Republicans in name only, it sounds like. To me. Oh, I know, yeah. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> and, but in, and some of these folks, though, like, um, you know, you're, you're talking, you, people have long memories and remember slights from the past, but, you know, people like Luke Tinsley... He's so young, he doesn't have a he past. He doesn't have that long of a past, that's you know, right. And, and, and I knew Luke. Um, you know, Luke, Luke and I ran for the same office, obviously. He and I and um, Deanne DeWitt were running for four and a half years ago, running for county commission in the same district. And uh, so, you know, we saw each other all the time mm-hmm. on the campaign trail, right? Um, and so now he's the <clears throat> young Republican chairman. Yeah, and, and, yet he's, and, very involved. and yet he's on the wall of tyrants. Yes, you know? because um, he's not... Republican enough. Not Republican enough. So I guess so. It seems like voting no it seems to be one of the characteristics of being Republican enough. I mean, it seems. I, like. Well, I guess. I mean, because he voted for they all. They, you know, all these people. I guess if, if you look at a lot of them, some point in or somewhere, sometimes someone voted mm-hmm. for an increase in taxes on mm-hmm. this list, right? Well, and except Del Phillips, right. And he and they they hate Dell too for other reasons yeah. right they they've hated Dell since he got here which you know I I don't really understand that I mean you can disagree with someone uh, and that's fine but you don't have to hate them right and they remind me of the Pharisees they're always pointing a finger at somebody they're very punitive you know that somebody's you know doing something wrong you know I, I don't even know why they enjoy it really I love politics I think it's fun but. That's well, me. These people don't seem to think that. <laughs> I, uh, 
a a a person who is a current Republican office holder in Sumner County. I I, I don't want to say their name, but uh, that person came up to me and uh, we were talking about this. Not a, not a guest on my show, but we were just talking about this. And they said that uh, they'd rather hang out with Democrats because we're more fun. <laughs> more fun. <laughs> As compared to the, the people of uh, the, the Sumner County Constitutional yeah. Republicans. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, they, I mean, now, they do have some people in their group that are my friends. Uh, but unfortunately, their mission, st- overall mission statement, just really is um, not what I envisioned the Republican Party would be out here in Sumner County. They don't seem to be shooting for a particularly big tent. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. They just want the people they think uh, Right, who meet their particular definition of of being Republican. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Uh, Excuse me. Charmian, how are we doing on time? Oh, yeah, we need to take a break. (laughs) Uh, We'll take a break, and we'll be right back with more with uh, Deborah Maggart on WQKR. At the Farmers Bank, we want to be your bank for life. We work hard to bring you the products and services that will meet your financial needs no matter where life may take you. Whether you're saving for college, ready for retirement, getting ready to marry, or celebrating your golden anniversary, we're here for you. Visit us online at thefarmersbank.net or at any of our 11 area locations to learn more about how the Farmers Bank can be your bank for life. The Farmers Bank, equal housing lender, member FDIC. Cash is king at the Mint Gaming Hall this month. You need cash, and we have it. Play with your Mint Rewards card to earn entries every day. Then join us for your chance to win up to $10,000 cash on Fridays at Kentucky Downs and Saturdays at Bowling Green. You know cash is king, and we aren't messing around on the weekends at the Mint Gaming Hall. TheMintGaming.com has all the details. Cash is king, baby. Problem gambling? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you were about to have your last McRib ever, you'd want some warning. So this is your notice to enjoy the sauciest McDonald's sandwich more than ever. Because the McRib Farewell Tour has begun. This is your chance to say two final goodbyes to a classic. For a limited time, enjoy two McRib sandwiches for only $6. Hurry before they're gone. At participating McDonald's, McD app download and registration required. Now you can join Planet Fitness and get the PF Black Card for zero enrollment, $24.99 a month, and get all the perks. I love perks. Do you love having access to 2,000-plus locations? Yes. Bringing a friend every time? Hashtag friend goals. And recovering with massage chairs? Who doesn't? Get the PF Black Card and feel spectacular. Zero enrollment, $24.99 a month. See Club for details. Still going strong, Steve Austin Music has been a leading provider of instruments and lessons since 1999. They also offer repairs, parts, books, and DVDs at 115 Main Street in Portland. This is Steve. It's exciting to see new items coming in almost every day. Check out our new and used stringed instruments, effect pedals, drums, keyboards, pianos, and band instruments, plus reeds, straps, audio gear, and accessories. 
Steve teaches guitar, banjo, fiddle, harmonica, bass, drums, dulcimer, mandolin, auto harp, recorder, and voice. He performs monthly at Ellis Taco Mexican Restaurant, 121 Main Street in Portland. Stop and see me at 115 Main Street or call 615-323-0701. Steve Austin Music, a Portland, Tennessee tradition since 1999. County, you're listening to the Loyal Opposition with your host Lena Santi here on WQKR, and we're back here talking with Deborah Maggart, former state representative, current lobbyist, and Sumner County resident. Um, we are usually you and I are usually on opposite sides of the aisle, but there was one time when we worked together. There was, um, which surprised a lot of people. I do. I could. Mm-hmm. I'll never. I, I appreciate it. And I'll never forget you it. Want to share so, that story? Sure. Yes. So maybe some people think I'm not so mean. That's right. When I hear this. So when I was in the General Assembly, I was the Republican Party Majority Caucus Chairman. And um, my family owned a business that sold guns at one time. And I always had a gun shoot, always had a, a, um, a skeet shoot for my fundraiser sometimes and never voted against the NRA. I'm a lifetime member. And somehow or another, the NRA, speaking of lobbyists, okay, the NRA lobbyist, he was a Democrat. He was from Tennessee. He wanted our legislature to pass a bill that said no matter what, no matter if your property was a real piece of property, a public piece of property, or a private piece of property, you had to allow people to bring their gun on your property. Well, that was okay with me and and the General Assembly, except the NRA would not allow for us to put in their bill that they wrote a provision that gave the property owner immunity in case someone got shot on their property. property, Because this was a government mandate. This was the state legislature mandating to all these property owners in our state. They had to allow someone... taking away the right of the property owner to say, hey, no guns on my property. Right. And then if they got sued... And if they got sued, they the, would be they held are. liable. Exactly. Sure. So we tried very hard to get the NRA to allow us to do that. They wouldn't. They said no way, which to this day I still don't understand why. And so we uh, didn't vote their bill through. And, you know, I'm the leader, so the buck stopped with me. And in uh, the uh, Calendar Rules Committee, I voted to send it to a real summer study. Now, at our legislature... There are real summer studies, and then there's, and then there's not so real <laughs> summer studies, right? Because, I mean, we did believe in this, but we didn't want property owners to be on the hook like that. Right. And that's not fair. So they decided to run someone against me, and that's how I became a lobbyist. But, you know, they came in here, and they poured a bunch of money into the race, about $250,000 that we were able to locate and track down. Wow, $250,000. Yeah, well, for... the disclosures say one thing, but they had other, they own other groups. Sure. You know, that kind of thing. But, you know, so they put, you know, they remember they put 
uh, billboards up of me with Barack Obama. Right. Five and of the them. And the orange postcards in the mail. Yes. I remember the orange postcards. So here's how my friend Lynn comes in. At the time, Lynn Asante was president of the Sumner County chapter of the NRA. Right, Friends of the NRA. Yes, I yes. ran the, uh, we do a, we do a, Friends of the NRA is the charitable <clears throat> arm of the NRA, and we do a uh, annual dinner where we raise money for um, charitable causes. And I, for several years, I was the head honcho over that. And you are a huge supporter of the Second Amendment. The, uh, the guy at the local gun store says that he thinks I'm the best armed Democrat in Sumner County. You're probably the best armed Democrat in the state of Tennessee. Not, not particularly a high bar, I guess. Yeah, I bet you're for the whole state. So you were very nice about all of that because, you know, everybody thought this was, you know, in the gun business, couldn't believe this was happening to me. So you helped with me with that, and you did a very nice letter uh, explaining to people that this was you know, not the case, that I was not like Barack Obama. I was not going to take away your guns. And uh, we did a full-page ad in the paper, and I think we did a mailer. Mailer, yeah. We did a mail piece, mm -hmm. and we had a really good picture with a lot of people with their guns. Yes, I remember and that. And the letter yeah. was from you as president of the Friends of the NRA. Mm -hmm. And I'll always appreciate that, you know, so thank you. Yeah, I mean, well, it's, it's uh, you know, there's, there's, to me, there's two things that come into play in situations like that, two reasons why I acted the way I did. Number one, I mean, it just wasn't true. And, and you know, <clears throat> I, I believe in the truth. And then number two, um, you know, I, I've always felt that there is no such thing as an absolute right. That all right, the, the government exists to regulate the intersection of our rights, right? The, you know, my right to swing my fist ends when it touches your nose, right? And, and uh, you know, I can't cry fire in a crowded movie theater and cause a stampede and, you know, say the First Amendment protects me from being arrested and sued for doing that. And so... Um, so, you know, there are no such things as absolutes, but the argument, but the NRA was taking a very, very absolutist position all the time, in all cases, on all property, you shall be allowed to carry mm -hmm. a gun, right? And, and to me, that was just too much. Mm -hmm. It was just too much. And, I, I, you know, that's, that's my personal, you know, political philosophy, and I know others, others would agree or disagree, but um, that's how I feel, and that, that's, how I, that's how I came to that particular decision. Well, they were asking us to elevate one right above another, another. another. Exactly. And, exactly. you know, that's a really tough thing because you diminish, you can't elevate one and not diminish, diminish the other, the other. right? Mm -hmm. And when you think about this founding of this country, people came over here in the 1600s over what? They wanted to own property. Property rights are a cornerstone of the democracy, right? right? They wanted to own property. They mm -hmm. wanted to practice their own religion. Yep. Right? They they wanted to be left alone. <laughs> so it was a um, it was a challenge to have to. Uh, Those are tricky situations. Yeah, because your property rights, rights are important. Each, right? <clears throat> right. Many people would argue that Second Amendment rights are important, and I would imagine virtually everyone would argue property rights are important. Mm -hmm. um, so. But as you can see, there are cases in the world where those two things come into conflict sometimes, and that's when laws have to be made. Well, and here's the thing. The, the lobbyist, the Democrat guy that was the lobbyist who was from our state, it embarrassed him that we would not just, the whole General Assembly, the, the Republicans didn't want to do it, right? Right. And um, it, you know, made him very angry, right? And then, you know, they had a big shakeup at the NRA about 
five years ago, maybe. Yeah, every now and then <laughs> yeah. that happens. Yes. And he got fired. And they fired all the lobbyists, too, that were under working for him. So the day he got fired, I was on an airplane, and we were landing in Nashville, and I turned my phone back on, and my phone is blowing up because everybody <laughs> is calling me saying, hey, Chris Cox got fired, you know. And I mean, it was – I, I hate for him to get fired, but – he did oh, not. He, yeah, he did not. He did not do me right because I had never voted against the NRA. We had passed 21 bills for them. As soon as we got the majority, and like I said, I owned a, my family owned a gun business. Uh, my grandfather was an exhibition shooter for Smith and Wesson. Really? Yes. I did not know. That. You know, and that's why we sold guns in our business. Sure. See, that was his hobby. Um, and like I said, and you know, it's really funny. I'm still a lifelong member of the NRA. They would not let me resign. <laughs> and um, it was such a controversy in, our, in, the, in the race that... You, like, still get the magazine every month? Oh, yes. I really? get the magazine. Yep. I can't not get it. I've asked them to... I, I, I get the... I, you know, they send you the gift. Yep. I can tell you what I did. <clears throat> I wrote a letter because I, I resigned. I was also a lifetime member of the NRA, and, and I resigned some years back. For me, the NRA was getting too involved in the, the culture wars and getting away from, you know, the core issues. And tra training and safety, of course, were my particular reasons for joining. Mm -hmm. So I, I thought there was some well, mission Did you teach a safety yeah, I was Yeah, yeah. I, I was a state-certified instructor yeah. and all that, yes. Mm -hmm. I, um, and, and those were good times, and those were good times. And uh, But, like I said, the NRA drifted uh, further to the right when it went when, when came to the culture war issues. And, uh, and so I, I resigned. And how I had to do it was I actually had to write a letter to the secretary of the NRA. Oh, maybe that's what I need um, to do. You know, and I had to lay out my reasons and, you know, officially, you know, <clears throat> tender my resignation. Um, and it worked. He wrote back. He actually wrote back a very long letter basically telling me how stupid I was. Oh. But uh, <clears throat> they did. Re remove my name from the membership roster. They they don't like to do that because the more members you've got, the more powerful you are. Oh, sure. Well, you know, I've been on, through the years, several national television shows about the NRA. I've been in a couple of books that when former lobbyists have written books about how they operate, you know, I'll be men that my story will be mentioned. Because they had never done anything like that before where they took someone that had always supported them at the state legislative level in a little house district and come after me like they did. I mean, they were, they were brutal. I mean, they sent oh, out yeah. no, this is, pictures this is, of me shredding the constitution. Yeah, yeah, this you know, is not, uh, you know, this is, this is hardcore. It was serious. Yeah. yeah. yeah, they're not, they, don't, yeah. they still they have a website. Out. Yeah. They had a website up called defeat Maggard. I think it might still be might up. Still be yeah. 10 years later, however long it's been. <laughs> well, we've talked a lot about, Republican, intra-Republican politics on, in this show. Normally not something that I particularly would be concerned about, but in my opinion, the, the changes that we've seen locally, I'm talking mm -hmm. about Sumner County now, county commission, school board, stuff like that. In my opinion, um, the problem has become beyond, more than just ideological. Uh, it's becoming an issue of good governance. Mm -hmm. uh, like some of the land issues that we were talking about on one of the breaks, right? And and as someone coming from the other side, does, does that do you perceive that to be a valid concern of mine? Well, yes. And as a matter of fact, I've spent the day uh, trying to deal with something like that with our local county commission. Apparently, 
the county commission is working on giving away county property, county land in Cottontown to private individuals. Now, this is covered, giving away. Just giving as it away. In not selling, not, not selling making it. money. Nope. Giving it away. Just, here it is. Here it is. And so there's a property here called the Bridal House. It's a log home on Highway 25 that was built in 1819 by Moore Cotton. He built it for his daughter for her wedding. That's why it's called the Bridal House. His father was Thomas Cotton. He was a long hunter here in uh, Sumner County in the 1790s. And that's why it's called Cotton. Uh huh. And next door was his original house that burned, and then the house that's there today next door was built in 1840. So this is a very historic area. So the bridal house is this really lovely log structure. And on the back of it, there's like a, a, a building that was built on it, and it was the original, or, or not the original, but the, the last homeowner, um, it was his kitchen and den. Well, that was Mr. Don Brickey, and he and his wife, Frances, they left this house, and it's on the National Historic Register for Homes of uh -huh. Historic Places. Okay. They left it to the county, in, and in his will, he was clear that he wanted it to be used for a museum, and he wanted people to be able to meet there and have parties or weddings or, you know, whatever. So the county received this, and he died, and the county received it in 2017. Well they formed a board of directors called Friends of the Bridal House. And that's made up of people here all across the county who have been involved in historic preservation. They're in the DAR with me. Um, some of them are in the Sons of the American Revolution, the Sons of the Confederacy, um, the historical, uh, County Historical Commission, that kind of thing. So these are people that know how to deal with this structure. So they took donations. People brought um, really nice period pieces, you know, antiques. So it's also uh, furnished. To furnish it. It's yeah. furnished, yeah. Okay. And it's furnished in the time, and they're nice. They're not like a piece of junk you'd find in an old, you know, antique store or something. They're very nice pieces. And so there's been a lot of love put into this place. Mr. and Mrs. Bricky had their ashes spread across the land there. Um, part of the, the deal was to make it a park. The county had gotten a grant to make it a uh, part of it a park. <laughs> I mean, it's just really, yeah, it's just really nice, right? So why would the county want to get rid of it? Well, because one of their friends, uh, a couple here who, you know, gave some of them money, of course. We're back to that money thing. Uh, to run for office, they want to, they or they say they've started a 501c4, which by the way is a nonprofit, but that's a political nonprofit. Right. So that means they can have campaigns, they can, you know, do a PAC, they can do mailers, that kind of thing. So that's the nonprofit they are forming to take possession of this property. And there's also some land across the street that they want. That at one time, that old community house, it was a school was there. They yeah. also want that because they have a, they want to yeah. build That's something called man. Cotton Town Village. Mm -hmm. Well, we're trying to understand why the bridal house has to be drug into that plan. And they want, they have a charter school company called, uh, I think it was called Eagle Academy LLC. And they, they put in the plan, they want to have a, not charter school, I'm sorry, homeschool, homeschool, home big difference. They have a homeschool company and they want to have a homeschool center in the, in the bridal house. Well, I can tell y'all, my friend, Mr. Bricky, this is not what he had in mind. Right. And he was very clear in his will, and the county was following the will. 
So the county owns three historic properties, that property, the Douglas Clark House, and the Bledsoe Fort. So this new county commission has decided it's costing the county too much money, which is not true. So they want to give it to their friends. So, you know, people are just finding out about this. Um, they tried to get it passed through quickly in November with very little notice to the public that they were doing this. And then today they had a ad hoc committee meeting that was not properly noticed. I attended and they had made uh, the woman who's going to receive the property, the chairman of the ad hoc committee, <laughs> which I just talk about your <clears throat> conflict of interest. That's a conflict of interest. And normally these constitutional Republicans would be violently opposed to something like that, but they're good with this because it's their friend. So it's very breaking the constitution it's, by breaking the law. It's doesn't very seem hypocritical. To be very constitutional. Yeah. It's yeah. very hypocritical. And this is just last couple of weeks ago. We were talking about a similar issue with the Comer barn. Right. right. They they now they gave it back. They gave and it back. They gave it back to well, technically, I don't think the county ever had possession of the deed. That right. was they still never be, got the, yeah. the deed. Never. That was yeah. still being mm -hmm. being worked out. But you know, a foundation or a, whichever one five hundred one c three group was formed to try to uh, deal with that. Um, but but what's disappointing about this is is they've done it under the cloak of darkness, right? Right. No and transparency. No transparency, and they all mm -hmm. ran on transparency, and then having these meetings like not having proper notice, they change the times, you know, it's just not, that's not how you're supposed to govern. It's not good governance. It's not good. And that, and no, that, to the <clears> point, <throat> excuse me, that brings it's my, very disappointing. My, my point is, is, you know, this is not just a partisan issue now. No, this is not Republicans and Democrats, not at or all. even some Republicans against other Republicans. This is good governance, right? right? This is an effective use of your tax dollars. So um, we're just about out of time, but I want to ask you real quick, what can we do about it, if anything? You need to call your county commissioner. You need to tell them you are opposed to the county commission giving away your property. That property, the bridal house, as Mr. Bricky wanted, wanted every, it belongs to every citizen in Sumner County, whether you live in Cottontown or not. So you need to call your county commissioner. You can go to the county commission, the county website to find their Fine. phone number and or their email. Go. If you go to our website, www.theloyalopposition.online, you will find a link that will take you right to all of their uh, names and phone numbers and emails, so you can find out who your county commissioner is and give them a call or send them a message. If you look up the definition of cronyism in the dictionary, it says elected officials giving people who are not qualified county property, and that is exactly <laughs> what's happening that's, here. That's Hitting it pretty much hitting mm -hmm. it right on the nose, right isn't it? Mm -hmm. All right, well, we are out of time, folks. I'm getting all sorts of mean and nasty looks from Charmaine over here, so we're going to wrap it up. Again, follow us on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter accounts, loyal, at Loyal Oppo. Visit us on our website, loyalopposition.online. And, of course, remember, we are now on Google Podcasts. So until next time. You have been listening to The Loyal Opposition with your host, Lena Santi, here on WQKR, Portland's radio station. Up next, Triple Play Sports.
Here's an important message from Portland Natural Gas. Always looking out for your safety. Think you have a gas leak? First, evacuate the area. Don't use matches, electrical switches, flashlights, or telephones. And report it immediately by calling Portland Natural Gas at 325-6776. If you think the leak is serious and a real danger is present, call 911. Portland Natural Gas. Looking out for your safety and providing cost-efficient heating and cooling for Portland residents. It's time again for Panther football. And Graphic Obsessions has all your Panther gear for the season. Right off the rack, 